We're taking a three-week series here in November before the beginning of the Christmas Advent season to talk about Thanksgiving and really to talk about generosity. We're going to be talking about what it means to end the year with a grateful heart as we talk about the three principles that inform our generosity here at Shepherd. That's intentional giving, sacrificial giving, and joyful giving. So today we'll be talking about intentional giving, and we're going to be doing so through the lens of a familiar story in the Old Testament that you might be wondering, uh, John, how are you going to pull this into generosity? But there's a principle of God's character that I want to focus on that He invites us to participate with Him on as we journey through life and also are, are given the opportunity to embark in generous relationships and generous uh, attitudes towards our neighbors, towards our church, and towards our community. So let's take a listen to Exodus chapter 3, and then we'll walk through what it means to be as intentional in our giving as God is in His. One day Moses was tending the flock with his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face, because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, a land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign, that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. So let's talk about this story a little bit. Moses was making his way out of Egypt. You see, he had been sent out and cast out and made his way across the Sinai Peninsula into a place called Midian. And there, he had become a shepherd for his father-in-law, who allowed him to marry his daughter, Zipporah, and he had been living there in the wilderness, kind of developing his character, being formed for something, and God knew exactly what that calling was going to be. God had picked out Moses to be his messenger to Pharaoh, who is lord over the people of Israel who are enslaved in Egypt. And God said, Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh and you will tell him to let my people go and lead them into this new land. And God knew exactly what was waiting for them there. He had picked out this fertile place as a place that had uh, cattle, a place that had um, wonderful natural resources and, and great land to grow crops. The way that the Bible describes it is a land flowing with milk and honey. The things that people needed to have a nutritious and, and thriving life. 
God knew that that was the kind of place he wanted his people to be. So he picked out that place, that, that sort of land where Israel is today. And he said, Moses, you are going to be my guy to go there and bring them to this place. And Moses is a little bit intimidated, maybe a little bit lacking in self-confidence. Maybe he's just kind of freaked out because he doesn't want to go back to where he had spent so long trying to get away from. And God says, look, you're going to tell them my name. I am who I am. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. They will know me by my name. And that is a name, the name that was known to your forefathers, a name that will be passed down for generations and generations, eventually for all people to know. And even though this prophecy given to Moses was intended specifically for the Jewish people through whom he would bring about a savior, by grafting us, you and me, into this family through the work of Jesus Christ and the faith that we have, by the, power, by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our hearts, we have been joined to that line of generations that knows the name of their God. And this is not a God who just kind of decides at a whim what's going to happen in our lives. He doesn't just randomly try to decide who he's going to bless particularly and who he's going to cause suffering in. He's not ambivalent. No, he is a loving God. He is a God who cares for his people. He is a God who has intentions for his people, plans. He knows exactly what he's going to do and how he's going to bring people to different places in life and teach them important things and give them valuable blessings. He had that intention for his people then. He continues to have that intention for us now. The most fruitful intentions that God has for us is, of course, the gift of his son, Jesus. The gift of a relationship with our creator, an eternal relationship, not one that just gets us through this life, but one that carries us into eternity with him. That is the God who we're dealing with. And that is the God who, in relationship with us, has said, I want you to think about your own lives the way that I have approached my own generosity with you. He invites us to take on a similar mindset. He invites us to take on and characterize our generosity to the way that His is characterized. See, if God is a God who makes plans and creates beautiful symphonies of creation and grand narratives of of explanation of time, of space... He's given us that same sort of creative character. Now, some of our creativity may be in certain areas and and others may have it in other ways. But one thing that we all have in common is that we have this relationship with God in which we share in some of his characteristics. And this characteristic of generosity that's bound by intention, by intentionality, by planning, by decision-making rather than by happenstance or eventuality, that's the kind of giving that God has in mind for us. So my encouragement to you today as we talk about generosity this month, of course, we're talking about contributing to church. We're talking about giving of your time and your talent and your treasures. We're talking about taking on a generous attitude toward your family and towards your community. It's not just an appeal for more in the offering plate. My challenge to you is this. How can you orient yourself to have an attitude of giving that is not simply what's left over at the end? Or what can I afford to give now that I've taken care of all my expenses? But what does it mean to sit down with a commitment at the beginning of your budget cycle, whatever it is? And maybe you're not a budget person. I get that. I think all of us maybe want to be better at budgets than we actually are. But what does it mean to sit down at the beginning of your budget cycle, whether it's a month or two months or a season or an entire year, and say, I'm going to commit to giving God this much of my time and this much of the gifts that he has given me and this much even of my financial resources. And when you intend, when you plan, when you decide beforehand what that number is going to be, it changes the attitude by which uh, you begin to give those blessings. It changes the way that your heart is bent toward generosity. 
And all of this flows out of this attitude of thankfulness and gratitude because God has given us everything we have in life. And he invites us to take on a similar mindset as we approach generosity as a reflection of him. What does it mean to decide beforehand what that gift is going to be? What does it mean to have intentionality and planning when it comes to knowing what your gift is going to be? And how will that change your heart to being in a place where generosity is not something that takes place every once in a while? Or generosity is not something you think about simply because you ended up with a little more at the end of the month than you thought you would. What does it mean for generosity to be something that characterizes your entire month because you decided on it at the very beginning? Let's take steps in intentional generosity together. Let's decide before all of the expenses have piled up what it is that we are going to be giving of. And let's walk with this joy and with this, with this attitude and mindset of intentionality, just as God was intentional in his dealing with his people all the way back at the time of Moses, when he picked out a specific person for a specific purpose to bring his people to a specific place. Let's think about the specific things God has given us. What is he calling you to support? What is he calling you to contribute toward? And how can you make that decision earlier? And let that decision carry you through those other expenses and those other places that you find yourself throughout the course of your budget cycle, throughout the course of your paycheck, your pay period, your month. God has given us so many things. This month, as we take these three weeks to walk through generosity together, this week, let's focus on intentional generosity.